the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit on God I will give the sermon today on the Catholic reading uh, which was from first John chapter 2 from 7 till 17 so I will I'll read this again just because I'm expecting that some maybe might not have been here uh, when the Catholic was read. Uh, Brethren, I write no new commandment to you. I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment <clears throat> which you have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you. So the first time he says, I write to you no new commandment. And then now he says, I write to you again, a new commandment I write to you, which, um, which thing is true in him and in you because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in the darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there's no cause for stumbling in him. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you, for his name's sake, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And then he repeats another set of commandments again to the children, to the fathers, and to the young men. He says, I write to you, children, because you have known the father. And I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because... You are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. And then he finishes with uh, the very, very important uh, uh, closing that we always do, which says, do not love the world uh, or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Um, and then nothing in the world except the lust of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, and the pride of life. So he says, I write to you, no new commandment. It's the same commandment that you've had from the beginning. So what's that commandment that he had in the beginning? I mean, we have to ask, if he's not writing a new commandment, why is he writing? One, right? Uh, two, what is this commandment that they had from the beginning? And which beginning? So the beginning, usually when we say just the beginning without any definition, it probably means the very, very beginning, from the creation. So it's from the creation, the commandment is the same. There's one center commandment that God had been revealing to us and speaking to us about from the very beginning. And it's the commandment to love. And you say, but there was no commandment in the beginning. Yes, there was no commandment written 
in the beginning. There was no written law. But there was a natural law given to all mankind. And within this natural law that God gave to Adam and to Eve and to put and put into Adam and put into Eve and actually until now is still put into every individual there is a set of natural commandments that are given to all of us. You want to call that the conscience? Maybe. Sure. But the Bible calls it natural law. So the, the, the Bible calls it the natural law. It's, it's the law that given to all humanity. And within this law is given the commandment to love. And a bunch of other laws. In fact, the church fathers, when they look into the Ten Commandments, they make a distinction. And they say, if you look into the Ten Commandments, some commandments are not given a reason. Like, for example, you shall not kill. It says, why you should not kill has no reason. There is no reason given to it. It's because it's natural that we should not kill. It's a given. And, and the fathers looked into the Ten Commandments and even the Old Testament commandments and says some commandments are, are given without a reason. And he said these commandments that are written and they're given to us without a reason, they're given to us almost as an instinct. It's not an exact instinct, but it's almost inside us. He says, the natural law that you have, it's from the beginning tells you to love. And so, when we do not love, we're actually acting against almost that which is very natural. And so, the Bible and the church considered this natural law given to us as something that's really important. In fact, in fact, we're born and we act in certain ways that are very natural. We call it natural, right? Certain things we would like to keep private. Certain parts of our bodies we would like to keep hidden. When we act otherwise, we're actually acting against what's natural. And so you see now when, when society starts to move away a little by little from God, we're moving away from also this natural law given to us. And a little by little, we start to defying it. And a little by little, you find us, you know, even sometimes hating one another. And says, so this is not natural. And so we have to come again and say, okay, so, so if it's from the beginning to love one another, so then what did the New Testament come to say? And what did Christ come to tell us? You have to ask this question because he says again, again, I give you a new commandment. But you just said that it's the, from the beginning. Yes, it is from the beginning. But now, by the way, After given this natural law, 
a group of people, the Jews, were given the written law, which is Moses' law, right? And that helped to govern certain things. Moses' law was good. Moses' law spoke of love. So he says, if, you're, if your enemy is hungry, do what? Feed him. That's Old Testament, by the way. And if he's thirsty, give him to drink. That's your enemy. And you say, so, so, so what, did, what did the New Testament do? Let me, let me continue to talk a little bit about the Old Testament for a moment here, and then I'll come into that. And so, so from the beginning, the natural law, then the written law, was given to the Jews to live by and to govern their lives, but also with all the laws of purification and rituals, etc., etc., with all these laws, they were unable to keep it, and so they recognized their lack of ability to please God and to serve God, and so almost a, another natural desire in them saw, I need a savior. This is not working out for me. And so, and so Moses' law helped them to seek the savior. And that's why we speak about that Moses' law is actually our tutor to Christ, is what led us step by step, or led the Jews step by step, or should have led the Jews step by step to seek Christ on many ways. But anyway, so St. John writing, and of course it's a Catholic letter, right? And so we cannot think that the audience are most probably not Jews, might have been, but it's a Catholic letter, so it's written to everybody. And so when he speaks about uh, a commandment that was given, given to you from the beginning, he's not talking about Moses' commandments, but rather he's talking about, because he's speaking now to Gentiles, to, to Gentiles convert, converted to Christianity. And so he's talking to people that did not have Moses' law, maybe. And so he says from the beginning, that is the natural law. So now let's go back to, let's go back to what we just read now. He says, I give you a new commandment. So what did Christ do then? What the law could not do, Christ came to perform. Of course, of course, to reconcile us to the Father, but also to give us the ability to live the commandments that we were not able to live in the past and to raise us up to a higher level of commandments. So now, the commandment, like what Satan was speaking last night, does not stop at uh, just be, you know, at peace with your enemy. But now the commandment says, love your enemies. The commandment is no longer do not curse those who curse you, but rather bless those who curse you. So now Christ came to give us one, of course, salvation and redemption and reconciliation, but also give us this ability to live the new commandment. So we cannot come now and say, I cannot love my enemy. I cannot come and say, I am unable to bless those who curse me. Because Christ already gave us this. He already gave us these 
powers and abilities by the dwelling of his spirit in us to live those commands. By the way, from the very beginning, um, Bible is clear. Even the New Testament recites from the Old Testament. It says the Old Testament tells you that the fulfillment of the law is to love. Love who? It says love God with all your heart, all your mind, all your uh, all your strength, and love your neighbor. So now Saint John comes to tell them it's the same commandment, taken to a different level, but you're also given the power to live it. I want to stop at a couple of other thoughts on this Catholic letter, uh, Catholic reading. He tells the children, I write to you little children, and that's not necessarily someone young in age, but rather someone new to the faith. And he says, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. He says, I write to you because your sins are forgiven you. So, so what do you want from us? If our sins are forgiven, what, what do you want from us? He says, then I want you to if you have bad habits, I want you to break off the, these. If you have bad relationships, I want you to break off of these. By the way, when he writes to children, fathers, young men, he's telling us there is a progress in the Christian walk. There is some form of progress that should be happening in our lives. I don't want to say daily, but maybe regularly. And by the way, this progress, you will never notice. I'll repeat this again. You will never notice your spiritual progress. You're not going to notice it. You might notice that you're keeping your prayers, maybe. You might notice that you're coming every Sunday, sure. You might notice that you've become more regular in your confession and in your repentance, sure. But your spiritual growth, you're not going to notice that. And thank God that we don't. Actually, some of the church fathers warn us greatly when we start feeling that we are progressing. It says, watch out. That's a trick from the devil. If you start feeling that you're progressing spiritually, it says, watch out. This is something. This is a trap. But anyway, we want to go back. So... Little children, I, I, I write to you because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. So now you've known him from the beginning. You've experienced him. You recognized things about him who is from the beginning. And they say, this is recognizing God as the creator and the author and the one who has providence over all things because now you come to recognize that he is from the beginning. He says, this is wisdom. I want you now to move from sins that are forgiven to coming to recognize the father who is from the beginning. And then he says, I write to you young men because you have overcome the wicked one. And then he repeats that set of commandments with minor changes. We actually, I have to make a confession here. I don't think there's really clear thought on why he repeats. When he repeats, he makes some changes, minor changes in the commandments given, but no one really says why he is making those changes, those, those 
repetition, except that maybe he just wants to emphasize on the thought. That's maybe all what we have. Uh, but then he goes again because he have known the father. Now he says that to the children. In the beginning, he says to the children, what? Your sins are forgiven. Now he says what? You've known the father. And this is the point that I'm trying to make here from this today. That the spiritual progress should be happening, even if we do not feel it. Tell me, how did I know it? Don't think about knowing it. What I do, I need to do what I need to do. First thing for your relationship with God to grow is to cut yourself from the world, which is hard. This is why he says, do not love the world, nor the things of the world. You know why sometimes we struggle to love people? Because of three things. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride. Those are the three things that hinder us to love. If I'm envious of things that you have, I'll never love you. If I'm prideful, I will really, really struggle to love my animal, and I will probably not get there at all. I would love my close friends that they love me. I would love my family members because that's natural. But I will not move from that which is natural to that which is spiritual. These three things need to go away from me. If you want to love truly, if you want to love and experience the Christian love, to love the world, I mean, everyone that is, and to be able to use the world properly, like to use the material things in the world, to be able to use your money properly, to be able to use your body properly, to be able to use your properties properly, you have to do these three, three things. What is it? It says in the world there are these three things. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. If we're able to cut ourselves from these, we're able to do two things that are really important. To use the world properly, and to love everyone in the Christian love. And glory be to God forever. Amen.